Welcome back to episode number 128 of the MP Dude. This is Jeff the MP Dude giving nurse practitioners a voice. That's everyone's voice out there that's listening. I need to hear from you. Let me be your mouthpiece. So if there's something bugging you or you have a burning desire to know something or at least have a legal medical nurse practitioner mind analyze a question or hypothetical that you can throw it my way by sending me an email or catching me on Facebook with a PM. Email me, jeff at the npdude.com. I still have new people listening all the time saying, what's your email? So I say it like four times in every show. Um, plus it's usually in the, 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 the show notes of every episode I do. But just in case, jeff at thenpdude.com. That's the best way to get me. It really is. It comes to me at all hours of the day. It comes to me. It pops right up on my phone. So that's really the best way. Sometimes I don't have my Facebook Messenger message like like alert set. And so sometimes it won't show up and then I forget to turn it on and off and stuff. So every now and then those slip through and it takes a little while to get back to you. But even that I usually am pretty quick at. So you can PM me personally or you can do it through the NP Dude on the NP Dude Facebook page best way to get with me is anyway I don't care just get to me the um, Facebook exploded Um, we had some issues with Kentucky we're going to talk about some of that today and some of my philosophies about what's going on the um, it was the newer chronic contractibles real name by the way they said it was their real name I love that name dude he still didn't say I could say it but I god I want to it just rolls off the tongue it really does it's fantastic I love your name man um he said some more questions they're excellent questions new questions I love it when people are thinking like just here's a weird circumstance or situation how do I handle this awesome stuff man keep those that kind of stuff coming to me because we're going to go through those again today and I'm, I'm kind of I've answered like four of these guys questions in like two shows so you guys that are have questions and you're like oh, I don't know if I want to ask this question it sounds stupid I don't care if it's stupid I'm not going to put it on the air I'll just send back answers <laughs> to you in an email but if you if you're like man I don't know what how to go with this or this is just a weird hypothetical and I'm just worried if this ever comes up what would I do and I don't have a good answer send it to me we'll figure it out together I promise we're at 24 I don't even know 50 something we're almost halfway to my goal for the uh, 2018 year. I want to get to 5,000 likes on Facebook. It's just a benchmark. I don't know why. It's just something I want to do. And you guys are the ones helping do it. You share the show. You tell your friends. You spread the word. It's getting out there. It's awesome. It's so much fun. So much fun seeing new faces, new names, new questions. It's great. How do you support the show? Housekeeping. I know people hate housekeeping. I don't care. You're getting it anyways my show damn it so I get to do what I want you can start your own show get rid of the housekeeping (laughs) housekeeping you can support the show a couple different ways one way to talk about you tell all your friends you you, that you that you like (laughs) the friends you like you tell about the show the friends you don't like you still tell about the show but if you don't like them then why would you want to help them right I'm hoping that the show helps people Give a rating on Facebook and iTunes. If you think that it's a negative, I don't care. I'm open source. If you think this is a pile of crap, then tell me, Jeff, you're a pile of crap, and everything you say is garbage. I don't care. Tell me. Tell me what you think, but I gotta. I want to hear why, though. I don't gotta, but I want to. If you give me a one out of five stars, and you're like, yeah, I'm just going to let Jeff try to figure it out, I'm going to keep doing the same thing. I don't care. Give me a one. I don't give a crap. It's your choice. If you want to give me a four out of five, I love it. That's awesome. You want to give me a three out of five and you say, Jeff got room for some improvement? I agree. I do. (laughs) We all do, right? 
this seems to be a decent platform, so I'm going to stick with it for now until somebody else gives me better options that are just as easy as talking on my phone in my car. Somebody asked, what do you use to record? It's a Moto Z. It's a Motorola Z. Piece of junk phone. I record right into it. goes right to an MP3 file format. I can uh, go right to my website on my phone. I can upload my audio. I can go snag a picture off the interwebs that doesn't have a trademark or uh, anything on it. And boom, I'm going good to go. That's how I do my website. It's easy. Easy peasy, lemon squeezy. Love it. The um, other way you can help support the show is to use the Amazon affiliate link. It's kind of flat. Like, you know, a couple purchases a day. Not many. Not like it was there. And I understand it's, uh, you know, it's we're, we're heading into first part of March and St. Patrick's Day, but you want to get those funny St. Patrick's Day t-shirts or uh, the beer goggles that you wear on St. Patty's Day when you're out having fun. I don't care. Whatever you want to buy, go to Amazon, but you do it through my website, thenpdude.com. Click on the banner. It takes you there. You do the purchasing you otherwise would have. It doesn't cost you another dime, I promise. All it does is it kicks me a couple percent. I use it for web hosting. That's what we're doing. We're working on 2019, so if you like the show, you want to stick around, go do some Amazon shopping. The other way you can help support the show is to use the donate button. It's a great way. If you just like, you know, I don't need anything from Amazon, but I want to give Jeff a buck or two per show. That's awesome. I'll take it. I had somebody, I told you last show, that mailed me a check. It was fantastic. Couldn't believe it. Amazing. Amazing support. So that's what we're looking for is to keep this thing going. Hear the the engine, Paul? Got a big hill. I'm going in it. Oh, yeah. There we go. Ooh, that's a little fast. Less turns. The, um... Chronic Attractable t-shirts are still available. I got uh, larges and extra larges in stock. If you want one that's a larger and extra large, email me, jeff at the mpdude.com. See, I do it again. And then uh, I'll get that mailed out to you. The uh, next run will probably be in several weeks. I want to kind of thin out. I got a handful of the larges and extra larges. As soon as I get rid of those, I'll go run another run of shirts and get some more for you guys. People like them. They think they're funny. I like them. Kentucky neighboring state to my south. Love Kentucky. Got the horses. It's fantastic. Louisville. I've been through Louisville with work before. It was great. It's a lot of fun. Um, Kentucky has a has legislation out there and they need our help. I posted it on my Facebook page that um, you know, if, if we can help, we should. And I called multiple times yesterday to try and voice my uh, um, opinion and opposition to the proposed legislation, and this kind of opens up a larger, broader question about the AMA and their policy about nurse practitioners, and and none of this is shocking. So I, I guess the, the first and foremost is that you're going to see physician legislators all over the country for the next, I don't know, three to five years until single payer hits, and they're going to um, make it a matter of course to try and stifle competition by utilizing the AMA's policy of, you know, saving the world from nurse practitioners. That's their philosophy. Whether it's, whether it's founded in, uh, in their ego, which I don't think it is, or it's founded in protectionism, which I think it is, the uh, end result isn't really much different. There's going to be people that are going to want to go against us. We just pound them with the facts. 
Institute of Medicine says that we're safe and effective, cost-effective. Um, there's been FTC uh, review of this issue about the stifling of competition. There's no legislative, um, or I should say it this way, there's no cause of action that the Fair, uh, Federal Trade Commission will permit at this time. I've been told someone somewhere is doing it. They kind of hinted towards it, but... I haven't seen it, and if it hasn't been done yet, then I'm not going to say much about it because I don't want to blow it for this group if they're if they're trying to bring an FTC claim. And I honestly have no knowledge of that. And I've looked around to see if I could find it on the interwebs, and I couldn't find an FTC claim. But th- there is opinion letters that say that we're safe, effective, and it's from a federal government agency that if you take that FTC document and provide it to your state representative and say, look, this is stifling competition. That's all it is. We've got plenty of evidence and plenty of review by smart people, especially in the government. Eh, Say that loosely, right? You know, I hate government, but they've done it already. They've already done this review. FTC already did it. So all you have to do is take that FTC review. Maybe I'll dig it up. I read the document. It was like a hundred and some pages. And I remember it was page 11. And I talked about the FTC claim before. So if you guys are curious about how that worked or was, was being alleged to work, and I was, I was saying you really can't, um, go back and listen. Just type in FTC into the search bar on my website. It'll take you right back to it. If you're iTunes listeners, I'm sorry. You got to go scroll through. I have no idea what episode it was. I want to say it was back like in the 40s or 50s. It was a while ago. But it's a good argument, and I think it's probably valid, but the FTC shot it down already. And the reason being is that when you have legislation from the government that that is to limit one group or another, as long as there is a sufficient nexus to whatever the, the intended purpose is, sufficient nexus is such a loose term. You could have one little tiny thread that connects their argument of why they want to do it to the law that's being proposed, and that's sufficient from a constitutionality standpoint. So a challenge in the constitutional uh, world, which would be through federal court, would have very little standing to be able to bring that claim. So that's why I say that. And I think that there is justification for it, and I do think it's protectionism at, at its worst. But um, there's really not a lot of good causes of action for it. And, and I'd love to see somebody actually bring a successful claim against the AMA or some specific legislature that is stifling competition of nurse practitioners. I'd love to see it. I know in Ohio there's somebody that's trying to do it, but it's through Common Pleas Court and it's small claims and it ain't going to go anywhere. It's not a federal claim. This individual has not got enough money. There's not enough money to be able to bring that one. You need hundreds and hundreds of thousands to be able to bring that claim. And there's just not enough of it in any one practice as an NP. You're not going to have enough deep pockets. Well, if we had a super PAC or something that we could, you know, change the legislation, then maybe we could get it done. And AANP maybe should be doing that. Now, I did review the AANP's um, legislative updates. If you're a member of AANP and you get those emails every month, don't just delete them. Don't unsubscribe to them because there are occasionally good, good ones that show up. And there was one last night that came in that showed the Kentucky issue that had the links in there. And then it had several others out there. The uh, one in Georgia that was supposed to expand scope and it got really narrowed, which is what happened in Ohio last year. Same kind of stuff. So Kentucky's deal right now what is being done and what is being proposed is that there's a physician legislator 
in the Kentucky legislature that is proposing because of the opioid epidemic and the fact that nurse practitioners are so damn dangerous and that we just prescribe willy-nilly without conscious thought is, you know, the underlying argument here, that the, um, the board of nursing is not competent in their position to see clearly to uh, regulate those that are acting as medical professionals. Now, we're healthcare professionals, and I get that. Come on, buddy. Oh, I got the wave. I'm going. I'm going for it. We practice nursing and healthcare, but we do prescribe medicines. So we do both. That's my contention, is that we do both. We, we, we practice medicine, because if you had someone from the outside come in and say, what do you do differently than a family practice physician? I'd say, not a whole hell of a lot. We do pretty much the same thing. So if they practice medicine and that's what they're doing, then we kind of do that too. But we also are healthcare. Now, I get the argument from people all the time on Facebook, and they always tell me, Jeff, we are not medical professionals. Yeah, we kind of are. I mean, from the outside looking in, we kind of do the same thing in a lot of cases. Now, we have more information. We do nursing. We have, you know, more of a holistic care model. You know, we've got a bunch of theories out there, and I have a theory on theories. We'll get into that some other day. But the idea is that we do both. We really do. And so the philosophy of this individual legislature is because you're doing medical, then you should fall under the realm and control of the medical board, the the board of medicine in that state of Kentucky. And that has been the proposed, um, or the policy, I should say, of the AMA since they published it in, I want to say, July of last year. And I scanned through the document quickly, and I didn't read the whole thing. But I saw links to it, pulled it up, saw it, and said, yeah, it's a legit link. There it is. That's their website, and there's their policy. The, the, the policy being intended, in their eyes, to save the public and, and promote safety. Because these unsafe you know, nurse practitioners are killing people in the streets. Which is, we all know, a crock of garbage. It just is. So Kentucky's, I got this, this, it was just proposed last week. There's a 1-800 number on my website you can go to, or on my um, Facebook page. So you can go to the, the NP Dude Facebook page and see that post. And the very first comment is a link with all the information and voting no for one bill and saying yes for another. The other bill was basically expanding scope of practice. Um, but this one was to, to tie the... Um, nurse practitioner to the board of medicine now the they they have full practice authority in kentucky now it's a limited it's 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 a little awkward but it gets you there and um one of my commenters on that thread explained they're from kentucky and verified i know this person through facebook and verified what their scope of practice is in their state and i don't i didn't know that because i don't know everybody's scope of practice everywhere but they do have full practice after a certain number of years, and they can go and and, um, and prescribe. But there is, uh, a, I think, a required collaborative agreement for opiates. And the thing that I wanted to know was, what's the opioid prescribing rates of NPs versus physicians? And she actually pulled that up and said, here's the the state information and there's no links to it to verify it but I trust this individual has done their homework they're smart Um, but it was much lower than the physicians so even the premise that that 
it's the nurse practitioners that are causing the problem. We're doing it at a significantly lower rate than what the physicians are. So it should go the other way. Maybe we should make a competing bill in the Kentucky legislature that says, because the physicians are prescribing opiates at a higher rate, maybe the board of nursing should be the one that's in charge of the medicine. It's asinine. It's exactly the same argument on the opposite side. Why would that be any more relevant? And I think that Kentucky legislator that is in favor of nurse practitioners could easily just say that on the floor of the house when they're when they're debating this or during committee and, and have a discussion and say look you know the, the rates are much lower for NPs to prescribe opiates and since this is such a big problem if that's the contention then uh, we're going to go ahead and have a competing bill that does exactly the opposite and put all the physicians in the state of Kentucky under the board of nursing you might win that argument <laughs> It's ridiculous. It's a ridiculous argument in the first place. But, I mean, use logic and rhetoric. It just, it makes sense. So that that's the Kentucky thing in a nutshell. And, and so I encourage you to call. I called, I swear to God, I called like, I don't know, three. I called three times yesterday. I was busy every time. So the word is out. This is only one week into this, the process of this legislation, legislation being proposed. But they take, you know, a, a decent amount of time. In Ohio, it takes anywhere from 18 months a year to two years for a law to get proposed, go through all the different billions of committees, and then eventually come out the other end shining as a signed law, which it never starts out, but well, usually doesn't start and end the same. So Kentucky's out there. Um, I was told that West Virginia has a similar situation going on, but I couldn't get any confirmation, and I didn't have time to go digging through their website and all their legislative proposed laws. So it might be in the works, but it might not be proposed out there yet. It might just be talking talking heads from one legislature or one legislator um, in West Virginia. But as they come up, let's, let's beat this stuff down. Now, we're not going to do it by yelling and shouting and screaming and ro- rolling around in the streets and whining about it. We're going to do it with logic, rhetoric, and good arguments. Said, look, nope, 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 nope. We're not going to let this stand. We're going to fight this crap. I do not want me and my friends and my colleagues as nurse practitioners to be under the thumb of the Board of Medicine. I just don't. We'll we'll have more restrictive rules. It, it, it's just it would be a disaster. It would be a disaster. It would it would decrease access for patients. It would increase the cost of us to, to um, start our own practices. It would increase the cost of us to um, just operate in general. It would make us be PAs. We would be PAs. In fact, they would they would basically make it so difficult for us to get to get employment that that I honestly believe that PAs would explode. The, not, not physically them, but the, the PA schools. I mean, it would, just, it would be so difficult to get in. It would be so hard to get in. It's so demanding. I mean, it really is stupid for them because they're going to limit their, their pool of resources if they do this. But they still they see us as a threat. We're taking away their business. And that's a death knell in, in any organization where their response is, we want... We don't want you to control us, but we want you to control someone else to prevent that from uh, becoming competition. It's already too late for them. The cat's out of the bag. We do a good job. People know it. 
People in the communities are like, I don't care. And I tell people every time I meet them for the first time as a patient, look, I'm a nurse practitioner. I just want you to be aware I'm not a physician. I don't want you getting used to coming here. And then all of a sudden you like realize that we're not physicians and then it becomes a problem. I'm open and upfront. I am not a physician. I did not go to med school. I went to nursing school. I have a master's degree, but I can do very similar work as a physician in this same setting. Here's the things I can't do. Diabetic shoes, home health orders, and that's about it. Those are the two hiccups that I got to send stuff out. Sometimes I get physicians that don't want me to do surgical clearance, H&Ps, and they want it signed by my collaborative. So what? So I fax it to him and he signs it. Sorry, intersection. Come on, big fella. You can do it. There he goes. Yes. Things are working today. Everybody's driving fast. I love it. All right. So Kentucky needs our help. Let's keep helping them. Let's keep pounding them. Every time we see these pop up, I'm going to tell people about it. And we got to kind of hit them hard. Just bring them back down. Say, nope, this is ridiculous. We ain't going to stand for it. And your constituents won't want it. So if you want to stay in power as a, as a government uh, politician then you need to listen to both sides of this. And then one side is all about protectionism. The other side is about access to care and good quality care and the wave of the future. And once we're single payer, a lot of this argument is going to go away anyways because it'll be mandated by the government. And it really won't matter because the government will be paying the bill. They don't want to pay for physicians for a lot of areas. They're still going to be there. That's what people think that, Jeff, you're going to try to take over all the physicians. No, I'm not. I really am not. But where we fit, we fit well. Don't don't stifle us in those positions. In family practice, in psych, there's no reason to stifle a nurse practitioner. Turn us loose. Let us go do our job. That's what we do. That's what we've been trained to do. In the acute care setting, it's my contention that you have to have acute care of NP certification, but even in that situation, you don't need a whole hell of a lot of hand-holding with experience. I'm not saying we don't get experience, that we don't get skill and training and knowledge. We have to do those things, and we got to do them well. You, If you're a bad NP and you're listening to this, stop practicing. <laughs> Make it easier for us by not making us a target. I'm not trying to be, you know, an ass, but I mean, I really mean that. If you're not good at your job and you know, and you don't like it, get out. Go do something else. Go back to bedside. Go find another career. Find something you like. As somebody that's given up multiple careers to do this one, I encourage you find something else. All right, let's go to my newer listeners' call- comments. Eat that one up a lot. Twenty-two minutes. All right, I gotta pull it up because I can't remember what it was. All right, one was, and I don't have it up yet, but I remember. One was you're an RN going to NP school. It doesn't matter what type of NP school. You get named in a lawsuit while you're in NP school. You uh, have a judgment against you while you're in NP school as a nurse, as an RN. You finish NP school. You apply for your NPI number. And... Um, at that time, it comes out that you have a judgment against you because you're now part of the National Provider Database. What's the National Provider Database? The National Provider Database is basically the database that your NPI connects you to all of the crap that you've done in your life that is bad. Bad, bad stuff. But the question comes out is, does it affect you at that point in time? Does the, the, the database collect the information from your past or is it from when you start with the MPI number? 
And I don't know, dude, that's the problem. It doesn't say anywhere. But what I did find was a nursing um, document that related to the National Provider Database that said that any nurse action against you shows up on there. It doesn't give you the time frame, though. So I would make the assumption that, yes, it does. Now, here's the bigger issue. Does it really matter? Maybe. It might matter. It depends, though. It really It's like any legal question. It really depends. If that was within a couple years, then there is a, a board limit, typically, that will, and this is a board issue, the board will forgive certain acts that you did in the past, but it's got to be like a statute of limitations of like, I don't know, eight or ten years or something. So if you did something stupid as a kid and you got busted, and it was a criminal offense, and then you paid your dues, you went to school, you you know, 10 years later, you're applying for your NP certification, uh, or for your license, and they look back at that, as long as you disclose it, and are honest about it, then usually it's not a problem, that was under my NPs with felonies show I did, but it's kind of the same thing with your NPI number, in that when you go to get credentialed with the insurance, and that's the whole point of the MPI number, is that it's it's a way for the government to, to look at you as a provider and see whether you're a negligent scumbag, whether you've got you know malpractice claims against you, whether you are billing your insurances ethically, um, all that stuff gets tied to your MPI number, and that's part of the database. So would I make the presumption that my RN negligence would be tied to my MPI number once my MPI number was there. I would make the assumption that it does tie to it and be hopeful that it doesn't. But you, but at the end of the day, it doesn't matter. You still have to disclose for all of the credentialing agencies whether you've had a felony or board action or any kind of act upon your license, any malpractice claims. All that stuff has to be disclosed when you do your CAQH. There's like 20 questions, and that's like one of them. And you can't lie. So you got to tell the truth because it will come out. And if it comes out, you're going to lose your license and not be credentialed. Tell the truth. Stinks. Stinks though, right? Because you're kind of like stuck halfway through school and then you got to worry about that for the rest of your time. It's like, you know, is this going to be an issue? If you were like on the fringe, you didn't lose your job, you were sued, the, the claims were, you know, so low, it's the physicians were the ones that really settled and you just kind of got named in the suit and it got settled and you happened to be one of them and it was because the hospital settled the claim and you were one of the claimants, one of the, the defense defendants, then, then I think you got a pretty good argument to say, look, it wasn't my fault. My, you know, my employer, I didn't do anything wrong. There was no negligence hammered to me, but I was named in the suit and they settled the claim. And now I have this malpractice claim against me. You're probably more than safe just as long as you're honest about it. Cause they always usually give you a text box that says, fill in the information and the circumstances below. Because they, they, people get sued all the time. This, it's not like you're, everybody's pristine. Everybody's got something somewhere. Except me. I'm pristine. I've got nothing in my closet. That I'm aware of. <laughs> Maybe there is. Everybody's got something, I'm sure, right? So that's the... the, the it was a great question. I, I never thought about it. I, I never even thought about that. It was a great question. Those are the ones I like, guys. I'm not going to do a second one because I'm running on 27 minutes. But that, that, was, that was an excellent question. Um... 
I don't know. That's my answer on that one. I really don't know. And I can't find any good information mm-hmm. on it. And I think the only way to get the information would be to actually either go through that damn situation, which you don't want to be doing, or you're going to call the, the, the um, CMS and ask them what's, what's included in their national provider database is there is there a time frame? And I'm sure it's buried in some. It's probably not in a in a statute of like the CFR. It's probably in one of their the the regulations, federal regulations, um, that that outlines how they do their process of evaluating your background with your MPI of what's put, you know included in the database. It's probably somewhere. I can't find it. I don't know the answer. If anybody knows the answer about the provider data, national provider database information, when stuff starts getting dumped in there, I'm guessing it's all the time. They do an FBI background check on you. I'm sure everything from your background check goes dumps right into your, MP, your, your database. I don't see why they wouldn't. And at the end of the day, it's, it's a, it's an academic argument because you still have to disclose all that stuff anyways when you do your CAQH and when you do your, uh, any of your credentialing through any of the insurances, as well as when you get your license and even your certification, I think has asks whether you have all, you know, if you've ever had any type of actions against you, whether they're legal or other. Great question, dude. Keep them coming guys. I want to hear from you. I need to know what's bugging you. That way, if, if it's bugging you, I can at least figure out if it's bugging me. And if it is, come out with a solution or at least we'll analyze the shit out of it and see what it does to us so keep them coming i want to hear from you if you're working i want you to be smart i want you to be safe i want you to promote our profession call kentucky and yell at the legislature in a nice way use good arguments win converts not arguments right you don't want to yell at people to just yell at people and argue with them. I'm not going to argue with a physician about how great we are. I'm going to I'm going to explain to the public why we are we are extremely effective, thorough, and good at what we do. So show us, show the people out there that how good we really are. Do good work. Be smart. Be safe. We'll talk soon.